I'm Bay, and you're listening to Bay Baltimore, a weekly pop culture and society podcast recorded in a quiet neighborhood in Baltimore. This episode, I'm going to talk about Amazon Prime's Upload. How you doing? You doing all right? You hanging in there? Me too. I just have to make sure that I'm checking in more often. I've said that over these last couple of episodes, you know, during um, the lockdown, at least here in Maryland. And despite what news reports are saying, Maryland, how Maryland works is that um, so the governor essentially said safe that the state is under a safer at home um, advisory, but the certain jurisdictions can our counties can decide whatever they want to do. And since I live here in Baltimore and I, um, Baltimore city and Baltimore County are the most populous, um, areas in our state, the mayor of Baltimore city and the county executor executive of Baltimore County got together and said, no, we still understay at home, um, orders. So, and of course, you know, people are, are defying those rules and, and police are handing out tickets and all of those things. But anyway, so we're still under that advisory and I'm still doing the whole Zoom meeting things for work and stuff like that. And, you know, I find myself I'm, I'm under some some stress because I need a change in my career. I really love what I do in terms of the people that I'm um, serving and, and helping to connect with resources and things like that. I really am passionate about mental health, but... I need a change. Um, I need a change of environment. And so I'm working on doing that. And it's a little bit slow going. And so in the meantime, I'm just having to hang on and it can be strenuous and tough. Um, and some of you who are listening to me right now know that feeling all too well. Know the situation personally because you're either in it now or you were in it at some point. So um, you could appreciate what I might be going through right now. And I just ask that you pray for me. Keep me in your thoughts and your prayers um, because it, it can be difficult. It's, when you want to go, it can be difficult to want to go and know you can't until you have another opportunity, right? You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so in the meantime, I've been trying extra hard to find ways to be better about myself and better to myself um, by generally just finding time to read more. Um, I don't know if you guys are in the UK, you're probably familiar. And maybe if you are in the United States listening, you're familiar too, but I'm, I'm picking back up on, um, a book that I, I actually purchased through audible some time ago, but I just, I hadn't been around. I hadn't gotten around to finishing. And I think I might've talked about it. Um, and it's called NW and it's by Zadie Smith. Um, and she's a London based, um, writer and the book was recommended to be really good. And I just, I think at the time I just wasn't in a space to really get into it. Um, and so I stopped, but I'm picking it back up because I'm finding myself a little bit bored with some of the books I had been reading. Um, I've really been into, I really love Afro future, um, novels and, and, and books and things like that. I also like romance novels, apparently, because that's, that's a thing that's developed in my life. Um, uh, but some only specific, only like the sci-fi, sci-fi genre bending ones and with black lead, uh, black women characters. So that's a niche, <laughs> niche little category um, that I'm reading right now. And so there's not a lot of books in that category. So I'm, I'm reaching back into books that I purchased, but never got around to actually reading. Um, and listening to through audible and then also getting into movies that are interesting to me too. And, and so I'm, I'm ultimately going to talk about, um, I'm also like, I'm also, I'm ultimately going to talk about upload and I'm going to get to that, but there's something that before I get to talking about upload itself and in all the particulars, um, a conversation that has been, has come up on social media. And certainly I've been 
better about curating what I'm seeing and who I'm talking to and in the conversations I'm engaging with are gauging in on social media. But um, something that has been coming up that was brought to my attention after listening to the latest episode of one of the, the more recent episodes of the friend zone podcast was um, online dating during the time of COVID-19 and bear with me for a second. So in, in the move in the, um, the show, the uh, Amazon prime show um, upload, there is an app that people use or some people choose some single people choose to use and it's called nightly. And the best way I can describe nightly is that it's the equivalent of what I think um, Tinder is what the information that I what I know about Tinder is that it's a hookup app for the most part like folks aren't just like using that as a dating app but like it's casual it's a casual hookup app and so nightly is like a an, a, an aggressive version of that and there's a rating system and all of that um and that I was I thought that was interesting but then the conversations that I'm that I'm hearing online is that people are really People are getting down to brass tacks. There are some people who are dating online um, and going on first dates, meeting people for the first time virtually, um, and then engaging in a relationship in that way. And it reminds me of those times in the way back time um, when there were chat rooms and people would meet that way. And some people may or may not have been catfishing and engaged in long distance, like super long distance relationships like other continent relation long distance relationships um that may or may not have been real but like you know there's some naysayers that say oh you really can't engage in and in start a relationship online and I'm like that sounds silly to me because it happens all of the time and it has been happening for decades um so so yeah um so that so that conversation is happening and 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 I think there's another part of the conversation that's happening that is like people are being more aggressive about hooking up and being like real surgical about it in terms of or methodical about it in terms of I'm, I'm you know, I'm coming over to your house. We're not going to do any kissing. We're just going to get to the business. We're not going to do any extra lovey dovey feeling, whatever. We're just going to get to what I came here for, what you invited me here to do. Um, and I've just... It's so wild to me because I've never had an experience with online dating that wasn't um, hookup based. And, and, and let me be clear, I wasn't I was going on it with the intent to see if I could have a relationship because I had been told, you know, all through college, high school, really, when I was in high school, those dating apps began began to be a thing. And all through high all through college. Um, I would see the commercials. E-Harmony was a commercial that I saw often. And, you know, I'm at that point, sleep, what was it? Sleepless in Seattle had come out. So people were talking about online dating and all of that. And well, girl, Sleepless in Seattle had been out. Anyway, my point is it had been around for a while when I was in college, some years, almost a decade at this point, maybe two decades by the, um, by the time I was in college. And so leaving college, I'm moving around and I wasn't on dating apps. And when I was living in Syracuse, cause I had no intent on building any long lasting relationships in Syracuse. It was just short term things in, um, Syracuse. But when I moved to Baltimore and I knew that I wanted to stay in Baltimore, that's when I got on dating app, uh, dating apps. And I was on, actually, I was on plenty of fish, which by the way, even though I have been with my hubby for seven years, well, we are celebrating seven years this year in August and I am happily married to him. I have yet to delete my app. I don't know why I have not done it. I just haven't done it. Um, and every once in a while I will get a, a like one of those digest emails, uh, reminding me, you know, of a, uh, you know, it's your anniversary of being on the app or, or, or somebody's looking at your profile or whatever. And I'm like, y'all are really looking at a profile from what a decade ago at this point, almost a decade. What I'm not a, almost mm, 2000, over a decade, shoot over a decade at this point. Cause I think I got on it. I had been, I moved to Baltimore in 2008 
Yeah, I moved to Baltimore in 2008, so I must have got on dating apps, what, eight or nine? Definitely nine, definitely nine, right? Um, Late eight, late 2008, early 2009. And I was on it. And then I kept finding duds. And I think I've shared the story before, but one of the guys that I met, he was just trash and, and... we went Dutch, which wasn't the, we went Dutch on everything on the bills, which wasn't a bad thing, but he made it seem as if it's just, he was, he was tacky. He was tacky with it. We didn't have that conversation up front. Um, we didn't, he was just real weird and tacky. And then he wanted, you know, he wanted us to be intimate after, you know, at the end of the date. And I was just like, well, I'm going into my house, you're going to drop me off and I'm going home because it was just beyond the Dutch piece, not knowing that it was Dutch. And thank goodness it's, you shouldn't be entitled to pay, you know, to a, how can I explain this? Everyone should pay, should feel comfortable paying on a date. It's just, it wasn't ever a part of the conversation. And it was pretty clear that he was balling on a budget. And and my my thought at the time was, well, if you didn't have, why are we out? Why are we playing these games? We could have done something else. Had you been honest, we could have had a different conversation tonight. We could have had a different time. But this guy wanted to go all the way over West Hale and, and try to show me around. And he insisted on driving. And yet he was always like, he was just on a budget. And I'm just like, you're doing too much. And then, of course, of course, he, you know, Again, he tried to get intimate um, and, and all kissy and stuff at the end of the date. And I just, I gave him my cheek, got out. He called me. I never returned his call again, never returned a text. Because what was the point? Like, if you're going to do that on a date, our first date, what is this thing? I enjoy transparency. So anyway, and then I had another guy. Um, I cannot remember what North African country he was from. Maybe he was from Central. No. He was from Kenya. He was from Kenya. Anyway, he was one of those cocky real smart but cocky perhaps he had dated a whole bunch of girls who were like real thankful to be noticed by him I guess um but anyway he was super copy cocky um we only really had one thing in common and we had done that one thing and then there was nothing else to talk about the way he talked about he was one he was one of those he was he was one of those that would engage in diaspora wars um, in the black, uh, the, the African diaspora wars talking about, oh, this country is better or these, this culture is better and Americans, this and Americans, that I don't engage in those type of conversations because they're pointless and they're, they're pointless. They're pointless. There are differences. We, if we want to engage in a relationship, we can get over them. You don't need to pillory a person for, for engaging in, in life in a way that and in customs and traditions and things that you don't, it was just, it's cla- he was classist and, and real elitist in a way that, and cocky to boot because he was super smart. But at the same time, it was like, you don't have all your thing together either. Because why are we always chilling at my house? What you doing? What you don't have? It, it, you, it must not have a lot if you're always coming over to my house, right? So like, stop faking the funk. So anyway, and that was a dud. And the rest of my dates really weren't much better. Like, those were the two that stood out and they stood out because they were terrible. The rest of them, they just didn't impact me or impress me one way or the other. So I just, I've never had any, I never had any luck online. And I, again, I met my husband through a friend. Um, and I, to be honest with you, I don't know. I know one person in my life, my sorority sister who, um, met her husband online, I believe. And but it was because they were both local and they actually had mutual friends but didn't know each other directly. I think that was a secret of their success because they already had some some ties there that would bind them. And I think if you have something like that, I think if you already have, if you even if you meet a person online, but you've, you have some common ties that will bind you, like some really deep-seated ones, then yeah, you can work that thing out. But I was just never able to connect with a person on a deeper level and so I just chalked the whole thing up. And so I, I applaud a person who chooses to go online and can really navigate that space because I was never able to figure that out. Um, and thank God, I don't, I, you know, I don't have to worry about that now. But like, you know, it's this is all very interesting to me because how in the world do you. I mean, and it sounds funny, right, because, it, you know, people a person could be catfishing you 
like they could be catfishing you by in other ways. Like they say they look who they look like who they told you they look like and you meet them in person, but they could like be faking the funk in other ways. You know what I mean? So you can be you can be played with and messed around with um, in person and, and, you know, having met a person, begun dating a person in person. Um, it's just it. The idea is that it seems scarier if you're engaging in new relationships online. And so it would seem that online on the face of it, it seems like online is more better suited for like casual relationships. But again, so many people have made it work. And again, even my own life, I have an example of a relationship that has worked. And so anyway, I just thought it was interesting that a lot of people are talking about it right now. And it makes sense, right? Because, you know, if you've lived alone, if you lived alone before pre COVID-19, and you enjoyed living alone, you were never really alone, because you know, you could go out all the time, you could see people in person. And it was no thing. But now we were forced to live in our aloneness and trying to cope with that. And I understand how people are becoming creative in terms of how they're engaging with people and, and wanting to explore different types of relationships um, and things like that. So, yeah. So, yeah. And it's just, it's, I think, I think the way that, um, I think the way that, uh, upload addresses dating and relationships is really interesting because to be honest with you the whole premise is basically like we're uploading to a digital space a digital afterlife I mean you know what the the premise of the thing is about but um yeah it's it's all about dating and growing relationships in the afterlife and in the digital space most more so in the digital space right because there's a there's this, the show, and I'll get into it, the, the show plays with reanimation, which is a deeper conversation and another conversation. But the, the premise of the Dagon show is really about relationships and distance dating, specifically online dating. Um, and I think it's interesting. And I don't know what I was expecting, but of course, it's like a, it's, it's dating. So it's like a romance novel, but it's a little bit of a it's got technology in it, which intrigues me. Um, so I watched it. I watched it from start to finish. Of course, I have gripes about it because it, it falls into some very tired tropes that um, a lot of of um, shows tend to that are that clearly they don't have a lot of of diversity in there. And there, um, well, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to assume, but it doesn't seem like either they don't that Amazon itself doesn't really employ a whole lot of diverse writers. And I'm not talking about ones from Minnesota and ones from Europe. I'm literally talking about culturally diverse people um, with different backgrounds and experiences. Um, I don't know, but their their media doesn't always reflect that. And I've talked about it endlessly about how they're they're very limited in um, extremely limited in in the media that they produce. But outside of that, I think the content, I think the, 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 yeah, I think the content of, or the conversation that is being had in this um, show is pretty good despite its flaws. And so in the next segment, I'll get into the particulars. I'll talk about the show itself. I'll, I won't, I'll spoil the heck out of it. Let's just be clear. I'm going to spoil a lot, but I still think it'll be good enough for you to watch. And so what I'll do is I'll go episode by episode. Um, and and walk it through but yeah um it's a really interesting show and then in the next segment i'll just break it all the way down all right okay so let me get into it upload um, was released, or at least its first episode was May 1st, so we're almost through the month. Um, and it stars Andy Allo as Nora Anthony, who is essentially a tech at this company, which I'll talk to you about in a second. Um, Robbie ML, who plays Nathan Brown, who is the 
main character of the movie, uh, the, the series, it centers around him. Um, Kevin Bigley, who plays Luke, who is ultimately turns out to be Robbie, um, Robbie's friend. And Zainab, I think Zainab, Zainab Johnson, who is Alicia, which is um, Andy Allo's character, Nora Anthony's um, friend and coworker at the digital upload place so um the basically it is since it's been released it's 8.1 out of 10 on imdb and 86 percent fresh on rotten tomatoes google users 95 percent of them love the show um it was uh shot in vancouver beast british columbia which i guess what i'm hearing is that a lot of amazon shows and a lot of netflix shows I think TV shows in general are shot in Canada or there it's there's a TV shows and media and movies um, pre COVID-19. It's just I think it was advantageous for them to shoot in Vancouver specifically. I've heard a lot of movies shot in, in Vancouver. I think one of the recent ones that I remember um, aspects of it being shot in Vancouver, if not all of it was um, remember that Batman that everybody hated because of the Joker. Or no, 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 it was Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad was shot there, and I just remember it being a big deal because that ridiculously pink, electric pink car that the Joker drove um, was shot there, or was was uh, filmed um, around town, um, and certainly during shooting. But anyway, um, so it has... Let me check really quick. It is 10 episodes. And obviously the way the thing ended, there's definitely going to be um, a season two because the main question hasn't been answered yet. And so I, what I want to do is just give you the premise as it's written. So um, it, the premise is, and I'm getting this from um, <laughs> some, uh, anyway, um, Wikipedia. I don't know why I forgot where I was getting it from. I'm reading it. Um, so the premise is in 20, uh, the year is 2033, which I don't think I knew that. I don't think I knew it was 2023 instead or 2033. I think I just knew it was in the future and in a future where there are driverless cars and a lot of technology is advanced to the point where you can do a lot of things, including um, one of the things that you see them do a lot is um, use these cubes to manufacture food. And if you remember, shoot, movies have been playing with the idea that you will have, you can turn a solid something or other into a delicious uh, meal for decades. Um, I, I recently just watched, uh, the second predator. No, no, no. The second alien. Remember when Ripley comes back? And she's, uh, it's got Winona Ryder in it. And Winona Ryder is a, um, is an Android and it's got Ron Perlman in it. And it's got a bunch of different people. Remember that light skin, uh, guy with the pretty eyes at the, at the time he had locks. Um, he was like a model at the time. He was, he was found on the streets of France. Um, it was anyway, th- that one, that, that aliens it's been on TV recently. I think I saw it on AMC anyway. Um, so anyway, that came on. And one of the things that they did was I remember this scene where in the very, it's toward the beginning where there's a military general who offers this guy a drink and he's like scotch. And he puts this brown cube in this glass. And then there's a, it looks to be, he puts it in this device that looks as if it's like a coffee pour, you know, where you put the, um, the jar to pour the coffee, uh, or the coffee gets brewed and pours down into the, the container that you will then pour into your glass from the container. Anyway, well, he puts the glass underneath what looks to be a coffee maker. And instead of a stream of liquid coming out, it's a, it's looks to be like a laser and the laser points directly onto this brown cube and the brown cube in an instant, like a second or two turns into a liquid that we are led to believe is scotch, this brown liquor that, that this general is offering this guy. Um, and so anyway, that's one of the more recent, that's more one of the more recent references to turning a solid dry square of a something into a substance that is edible and potable or drinkable. Um, 
and I'm sure, and, and it's been in cartoons forever, right? So like think of the Jetsons. So of course in this new reality, it's supposed to be again, 2033, um, it's supposed to be like a completely different world. Now keep in mind, it's 2020 right now. I don't think a ton of stuff is going to change in 13 years. I don't believe that we will be turning a solid into this b- delicious meal that tastes like chicken, like they're describing. But anyway, they've got cool little gadgets like that in their driverless cars. Okay, so in 2033, humans are able to upload themselves into a virtual afterlife of their choosing. I will come to that in a minute. But when computer programmer Nathan dies prematurely, he is uploaded to the very expensive Lakeview, but soon finds himself under the thumb of his possessive, still living girlfriend, Ingrid. As Nathan adjusts to the pros and cons of digital heaven, he bonds with Nora, his living customer service rep or angel. Nora uh, struggles with the pressures of her job, her dying father, who does not want to be uploaded, her growing feelings for Nathan while slowly coming to believe that Nathan was murdered. Here's the deal. I'm going to just get right to it. The way that this season ends, the, the questions that are put in this premise it takes a minute. I'm gonna be honest with you. It takes a minute to get there. And to be honest with you, so it's, it's if I'm being real, like really, really real, it is really covered. It's like breadcrumbs, little breadcrumbs between episode two through nine. Well, two through eight, but nine and ten, one, nine, and ten really deal with the fact that they believe Nathan was murdered and they're getting to who. It's not very good. I'm going to be honest with you. The writing on this show is not great. It's like one of those romance novels. You know what I'm talking about. One of those romance romance novels that's just good enough to keep you interested. It's got all the things there. It's got the really attractive guy that's got some issues that he's dealing with. It's got the, the pretty girl who... You know, she's just trying to figure out her life and she's got some issues of her own. And then there are these obstacles that are in the form of their parents or in the form of a girlfriend. Oh, there's just a small thing. We could be together, but there's a girlfriend in the way or there's a fiance in the way. Um, it's it's tired. It's, it's not inventive at all. The only thing that makes this story different than any other romance novel, than any other rom-com, and it's not even really much comedy in this movie, but romance comedy is the fact that it's set in the future and there is a murder plot. That's literally the only thing that makes this different. Other, if you take away those two gimmicks, it is any other romantic movie. It is any other um, novel that you have read before. But those things are there. And I guess the only reason why I'm bringing up the fact that this thing isn't much different is because literally of the 10 episodes, we really only deeply get into this whole murder plot in episodes one and eight and nine. I mean, again, there are breadcrumbs in two through seven, episodes two through seven. There definitely are breadcrumbs. You definitely, for a second there, you think his best friend, um, Nathan's best friend kill him, kills him. Then, you know, there's a, there's a situation where Nathan's cousin gets involved and she's an, she, you know, plays an investigator and it's, and then something happens to her, but it's like bizarre. And the reason why there's going to be a season two is because we think two things happen. We think that, well, I'll, I'll get to it in a second, but we think there's, there's definitely going to be a season two because we learned something brand new about his fiance. Um, and we learned something that she, his fiance was trying to cover up about his soon to be father-in-law. So, but we'll get to that in a second. So again, Nora, who is played by Aloe, what's her name? Ali Aloe. Hold on. I didn't messed up already. I have messed up that child's name. Y'all bear with me for a second. Anyway, I'll go back to it. Anyway. So Nora is, she works for, I didn't, I didn't lost it. Daggone it. I was on a roll y'all. And then I lost it. Oh, Andy Aloe. Andy Aloe, who plays Nora Anthony. Let me just use their movie names. Um, Nora Anthony works for, um, this Lakeview, which is a digital heaven, um, that Nathan has been uploaded to. And so let me tell you about the upload process. Long story short, it's gross. Um, so in 2033, they've decided that cryogenically freezing a person is no longer, that's passe. Now, 
I'm sure you've heard of cryogenesis at this point. It's been around for decades, decades, at least since the 80s, probably the 70s, they were talking about it, but definitely things were happening in the 80s. I'm sure you've heard of the cases of people who were supposed to be paying for decades of being cryogenically frozen, only to find out that people who were supposed to be keeping them actually piled them into, you know, basically some of the the refrigerators that some of these people in real life, some of these people have been kept in actually you know, the motors burned out and then they decayed. Um, there are some horror stories across the United States for sure. I'm quite sure there are also some horror stories in the UK, um, all over Europe, certainly on the continent of Africa and in Asia. I'm quite sure there are some horror stories across the globe about people who donated their body to be cryogenically frozen be- until science could catch up to the, to the idea of reanimating you. Um, in your body. And so I don't even remember where, where it began, but I definitely remember that at a certain point, somebody's thought that, well, if we keep them essentially in dry ice, not dry ice, but at a certain temperature, keep their body cryogenically frozen at a certain temperature that we could reanimate them. Um, when we have the technology to reanimate their brain and them, um, and that thinking has been around for a long time. Now, is it, excuse me, is it still popular? I don't know. I don't know if it's still popular, but in this world, I guess technology has moved on. And the assumption is that um, it is better to upload a person because you never really die as long as you've you've got the money and you've you've put all of your data into this system that so long as the system is kept up by living people, you will have a full and long afterlife in this new place. And of course, like any technology, it's just like space travel. You know how space travel, they're right now they're offering it to people who are super rich and can't afford to do that. Like, you know, there's a conversation about populating um, distant planets when this one is used up and rich people, of course, have first dibs at it. Um, it's, it's kind of one of those things. So Lakeview is like super plush, very expensive, um, it's got all your amenities as long as someone on the, uh, in the living world is paying, paying you up, you're good to go. Um, or you're a billionaire or whatever, you're good to go. As long as your money is still around, it's, you know, and paying somebody's, as long as there's an executor paying you to be in this, in this state, you're good to go. Um, and of course you can buy extra amenities and upgrades and things like that, whatever you want. So this is where Nathan is. How he got there is the movie, be- uh, the show begins and the- he essentially is in this driverless vehicle and the driverless vehicle malfunctions. Now, sidebar, this is playing into all of our fears about driverless cars and we know all the concerns that in real life situations where driverless cars have taken lives because of a technician who was supposed to be paying attention did not or some other failing, right? So this is playing into our fears, but this guy, he, Nathan is in a driverless car, which by the way, did you know driverless cars actually exist to the point where there's no stealing, steering wheel? I mean, I'm talking about, um, what is that movie that, what is that show? Westworld. I'm talking about Westworld level, Westworld season three level, where there's no steering wheel, only an engine and two bench seats facing each other and doors that open on either side and you get in and it's just like you're in a train. There exists and Lexus has them. I think they were actually using Lexus's cars in their show. I thought it was all CGI. It's not CGI. Trip me out because those cars are like those driverless cars that have no steering wheel in them. Those things are like, when it was new, shoot, I was looking at a 2018 version. What? Anyway, so Nathan, back to the show. So Nathan um, is in one of those driverless cars, but you don't know who's the maker of it. It's just uh, gives you the impression that it's like an economy driverless car because he's he's, um, conscious. Anyway, he's, you know, environmentally conscious. You get that impression. Anyway, so he's in this driverless car and he's supposed to be going over to his um, fiance's house. And it's clear that, you know, just as a sidebar, it's clear that he doesn't want to marry this girl. But at the same time, 
because she's like super shallow, but like they have really great sexual chemistry. So he's with her, but like he doesn't really love her. I guess they set it up like that again, like any other rom-com, like any other romance novel, but whatever. Um, so anyway, so he's supposed to be hanging out with her another night, but somehow or another, she gets in a different car and she goes, she gets in her car essentially. And she's supposed to meet him later anyway. So he's going, I think he's going home or something like that. And he's in his driverless car and he can still see the dash or he can still see the the window out. And he sees this big old dump truck. And the car is like, no, I don't see a dump truck. He's like, you are tripping. There's nothing in my way. And apparently like he goes back and forth with the, the computer in his car and, um, he's driving fast enough that, or the, the driverless car is driving fast enough that it slams into the back of this dump truck. Um, and it critically injures him. Like he's, he's badly injured. We don't exactly know how badly he's injured, injured, but he's injured enough that it's like bad. Um, and so the next thing we see is him being rushed into the emergency room like he's in the hospital he's laying on the gurney and his fiance is there it's the one from the trailer basically if you've seen the trailer of upload it's that um it's this scene and so his he's got his fiance on one side and he's waiting for his mom his mom isn't there yet and so anyway she's she's saying oh it's kind of bad and the doctors are saying yeah you have a choice they get to the end of this hallway you have a choice you can either go to the operating room and we can fight like hell to keep you alive Or you could take your chances or you don't. And if you go to the operating room, you're taking your chances. You might not survive. Um, And I think they throw out some percentage. But then if you go the other way, you go to the upload room and you'll be uploaded. And his um, his fiance convinces him to do it, basically, to to um, go to the upload room. So he goes ahead and goes to the upload room and in true dramatic fashion, He's sitting in this chair and they're going to upload him by literally, well, I'm going to tell you in a second, but in true, uh, in true like dramatic fashion, he's sitting in the chair and they're about to do whatever they're about to do to upload him. And before they do it, there's a little, uh, just so that you're aware, he's sitting in what looks to be like a, like a dentist chair and he's strapped in, um, with like some metal harnesses for it, his hands and his feet. And he's essentially standing, sitting in the chair with his legs outstretched. And there is a cooler or maybe there, maybe, maybe his legs aren't outstretched. Maybe they're just bent at a 90 degree angle. But anyway, he's fastened in at his hands and his feet sitting in this chair. And he's under this contraption that looks like something is going to come out of it, like a beam or something. Anyway, the technician who's working with him puts a cooler in front of him. Cooler is, looks to be cooler full of ice and it looks to be long enough and just wide enough for a body to be in it. And, and Nathan is asking him, so what is this? And he's like, this is for later. And anyway, so the technician goes out of the room and there's a window where observers, intimate observers can see what's happening, you know, give their final goodbyes or whatever. And in the window, he sees his fiance, but then he also sees his mother pop up real quick. And just before, you know, they get to exchange their goodbyes, he's like, no, wait, I changed my mind. I don't want to do this anymore. The technician hits a button and there's an, a, there, the, the contraption that's above Nathan's head, it, it turns on. And it turns out that the contraption above his head is essentially containing a laser. And when the laser comes on, the way you're uploaded is that it literally zaps fries your head like it essentially obliterates your head and then the only thing that remains is literally the your body from your shoulders down you they take your neck and everything um in the 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 laser has has evaporated even his neck and i guess the the chair that he his he was sitting in releases the harnesses around his ankles and his arms and his body literally falls forward into that cooler that the technician put him in and he's essentially on ice. Um, and for a nice touch, he falls booty up. And of course, he doesn't have any underwear on. Um, and so you see his, his tight booty. Anyway, so that's how he got uploaded into Lakeview. And the majority, I got to be honest with you, the majority of the rest of that episode, plus the next four episodes are essentially him just getting accustomed to living in Lakeview. And he meets on his first day, Nora, which is... Um, 
his customer service rep, which as the synopsis said, his angel. And so, yep, this is just a job for her. And, you know, he's just getting acclimated. And so blah, blah, blah. The things that you see in the previews are essentially what happens except longer versions of them. Blah, blah, blah. Episode after episode, they just get a little bit closer. And then uh, obviously they begin to catch feelings because, again, Nathan doesn't really like his fiance. He has sexual chemistry. But now that they, he's in the afterlife, he's at Lakeview and she's in the, in, in the real world, they really don't have much chemistry. Now, what we need to know, what the show makes you think is that over these four episodes, what they, what they want you to think is that it's only been a couple of days since he was uploaded, maybe even a week or so. And so his, in this time while he's getting to know Nora and growing closer to Nora, um, his fiance is planning his celebration of life ceremony. And so apparently there's this thing where you have, you, you bring folks into an updated chapel, like a Unitarian chapel or whatever. And there is a video where the person who is in Lakeview or wherever they're at, you get the sense in the show that there are other, there are other digital afterlifes that you can be uploaded to, but that Lakeview is the best, is cream of the crop. So there's a chapel that, um, I'm skipping a lot, but yeah, it's, there's not a lot of meat here. It's, it's interesting, but uh, there's a lot of things that happen. Um, there's a story, there's a whole storyline. Before I get to this, there's a whole storyline with his friend, um, with his, who was his friend? Hold on. Kevin Bigley, which is Luke. Um, there's a whole storyline with his friend, Luke, who is essentially a war veteran. And you get the sense, I cannot remember if he took his own life after just living with, no, he took his own life after living with traumatic injuries from a war that he was in. You get the sense that he maybe served in Iraq or something like that. Because again, it's 2033. Anyway, um, so he's also still dealing with, he's also still dealing with living in this afterlife too. Apparently, you know, he's well off, or at least he's got money enough that he's being kept in this place as well. And so, um, you know, Luke tries to befriend him and then they go on these adventures and things like that. Um, but anyway, Luke escorts him to his funeral, um, uh, Robbie, uh, Nathan Brown's Nathan Brown is his name, Nathan Brown's funeral. And so they're at the funeral and while Nathan's girlfriend is, uh, Ingrid is essentially toasting to having the celebration of life. It's a bunch of people and all of that. Nathan is in this chapel with, uh, Robbie, uh, hold on with Luke, his new friend, Luke. Um, and they're essentially by themselves because, you know, it's not like they know a lot. Of, it's not like Nathan knows a lot of people in this, this digital afterlife place. He only really knows Luke. So anyway, so they're on one end and there's essentially, it almost gives you the sense that it's a two-way mirror, but in the movie, it wants you to think that this is a screen. And so, you know, uh, Nathan is, Nathan and Luke are looking at a screen of what's happening in real life. And Ingrid and the rest of her family and Nathan's family are looking at a screen and looking at what's going on in the chapel where Nathan and Luke are. And there's also another catch because Nora, because of some pirate wave, Nora is able to catch the funeral, the, the celebration of Nathan, because there's this pirate signal that's, that's been portrayed in another part of the city um, where Ingrid and Ingrid still lives and Nathan used to live. Um, and so she's at the chapel watching it too. And then you, you learn that Nathan is super nice and super sweet and had tons of girlfriends and they were all super smart. And Ingrid is the one that's not super smart, but really, really pretty. And they literally had nothing else in common except for their physical attraction. And so this is the first little crack, the first major crack that Nathan is like, you know what, this is not what I want, but here I am. Um, because at the funeral, there aren't a lot of people that say anything nice about him. Um, even Ingrid, his fiance, who organized this whole thing, put the whole thing together. She didn't say one word about Nathan. She was talking about something else, talking about her family, talking about, um, you know, their accomplishments or the accomplishment of potentially being reanimated. Because here's the other little catch. 
while he's getting accustomed to life in Lakeview and this digital afterlife, there was a man who's super, super de duper rich who no longer wanted to be dead and in fact wanted to be brought back to life um, in a body that was artificially, either the body was artificially created or it was put together. Actually, don't get me to lying. I cannot remember this detail, but basically he wanted to go back to the real, to the living world. He wanted to be downloaded into another body, a body that was made to look just like his old body. Um, except obviously with none of the flaws that he had when he left, of course. So anyway, before Nathan's homegoing service, celebration of life that Ingrid put on for him, um, there was he there was this big old thing where it was completely televised all over the world where this super rich guy was going to be downloaded into this body that was made in his image and it was downloaded and you know it worked for maybe a couple of seconds and then things went terribly wrong and something ridiculous happens you'll have to watch it to understand what happens but something goes terribly wrong with it and so Ingrid is still thinking about it when she's at Nathan's celebration of life ceremony and so she does a toast to that guy who wanted to be downloaded um, and doesn't say anything about Nathan. And so this is the first real separation that he has with her. So he's not having, he's not being intimate with Ingrid. He doesn't have much in common with Ingrid. So that love that he thought he was in with her is actually gone. And he's trying to, he's realizing that it was just lust. And so they're separate and he's getting closer and closer to Nora who is dealing with trouble of her own. Turns out that her father is terminally ill and he does not want to be uploaded, even though Nora is trying to f- get him a plan so that he can be uploaded into um, Lakeview so that she can be with him and at least still hang out with him in the afterlife. He doesn't want to do that because he, in, in this show, this show does this weird thing, which a lot of Hollywood movies do, which is kind of make fun of religion in a way. Which, again, if you're a non believer, that's your business. If you're a believer, that's your business too. Um, I just think Hollywood does this really funny thing. And when I say Hollywood, I also think there's a certain group of folks who... So I know atheists who do not make fun of people who have belief. But then I know some, only as acquaintances, who genuinely make fun of people because they genuinely think that they're better because somehow belief is in itself is stupid. And regardless of whether or not you believe, there should be a respect there. You're not better than a person who believes in a higher power. Whatever, however they worship, you're not better. And so anyway, this movie does this, this show does this weird thing where her father, um, girl, I don't, Nora, Nora's father wants to be with his wife. He believes that she's in heaven um, and she wants, he wants, he wants to, he doesn't want to be uploaded because he thinks that it's going to mess with his opportunity to be with his wife. And there's a school of thought, again, in any faith tradition, in any faith tradition, the idea is you're essentially, you are from the ground and from the ground you must return in order to be united with your creator and the other people in your life. Or even in, even if you are, believe in reincarnation, to the earth you go, to the earth you return, to the earth you were from and to the earth you return so that you may live out the rest of your days. It is a belief system that someone believes in. And so certainly his father, uh, Nora's father believes that he will be reunited with his wife and what he believes is heaven, which is a spiritual place, which many faith systems do believe in that there is a, well, some faith systems believe there is a heaven outside of this place. It's another realm. Now, how you get there, some religions who believe in an afterlife get there differently. But the point is that he believes if he does, if he does this whole digital upload thing, that he will not see his wife and he desperately wants to see his wife again. And so he knows he's dying, Nora knows he's dying, which is why she's trying to get him into Lakeview. Anyway, so they go this whole back and forth. And again, I think, I just think you can talk about this in a way that is not so crass, but they get there at the end where Nora, toward the end, I'll just go ahead and tell you, Nora changes her view and realizes that, I don't know if she changes her view on accepting what her father wants or the fact that she's trying to impose her own system, her own desires on her father. Because at the end of the day, regardless of, I just think regardless of the, the faith piece, 
they could have done a lot. They, they, they could have, they didn't have to include the faith piece, but again, I guess they wanted to be provocative or whatever. I just think it's tired um, and insulting. If you're not going to talk about religion in a way that makes sense, even if you don't believe in it, if you're not going to talk about it in a way that is giving respect to people who do believe, then why are you even talking about it in my opinion? But moving on. Um, so at the end of the series, at least season one, you, you get the sense that she's like, oh yeah, I'm doing too much. I'm imposing my will on my father instead of doing what he wants, which should have been what it was about all along. It could have really just stopped at the fact that, no, I don't want to do this. I don't really need to get into why. Well, I guess you do need to talk about the why, but I just wish they were more reverent about it. But anyway, or at least more respectful of his choice too, because they really initially made him seem like Nora thought he was stupid for believing in a religion. And I'm just like, y'all sound so disconnected from culture, period. But moving on. I, anyway, I, I won't get on that religious soapbox because, again, I don't knock a person for not believing, especially if they've been... I won't get into it. I, I, I don't want to get into it. Anyway, um, the point is, like, you, there's a way for you to talk about the afterlife. There's a way to talk, for you to talk about religion. Even if you don't believe in a way that there's respect there, and I think they just didn't do a really great job of it. But then again, I just don't think the writing in this show is really great. It's not. It's an interesting concept, but only because it's based in the future. And it's essentially about death. The dude is dead for the majority, like 95%, no, 98% of the doggone series. As season one, Nathan is dead. So that's the only thing that makes it different. That's the only thing that sets this apart. The writing is not beautiful in any way, but it's, it's imaginative, which is why I think you should watch it. Anyway, there's some little tidbits in there that talk about intimacy that are interesting. That are con- who, the concepts I've heard about before in different sci-fi novels, because remember, I do enjoy a good old sci-fi novel. And if it's Afro-futuristic too... And there's a black female lead, absolutely guaranteed. Or woman with an ex lead, guaranteed I'm going to be there. Getting to the lead, Miss Nora. I will say this and I will move on. They employ this tired trope where <laughs> they got an uber light-skinned black woman who may or may not be, man, she just she just looks exotic. I, I, she looked like one of my cousins, which is why I know she's she's black and maybe she has she either has a distant white relative or like a like a, a white relative who's a few people removed or her father was very brown skin or brown skin in her and her. Well, one of her parents was brown skin and one of her parents was white, obviously, um, or biracial or maybe they were both biracial or maybe they were both just light with distant, um, not so distant white relatives. Anyway. She's a typical light-skinned woman, which in and of itself isn't a problem. And I really want to say that from the bottom of my heart. I've talked about this before. My family, my mother is a light-skinned woman. My father is a very brown-skinned man, which is why I'm brown. A light-skinned person and a dark brown-skinned person make a brown person. Anyway, so I understand color. There's a whole gambit, whole rainbow of brown the whole spectrum of brown in both sides of my family. But what we see on TV is not represented. What we end up seeing always is a a black woman that looks like, you know, maybe she's not black. Maybe she's not black, black. Maybe she just, or she is black, black, but like she's light skin. And then in this movie, she was paired with her light skinned father, which duh, that happens in real life. Duh, light skinned people make light skinned babies. Anyway, but I guess the thing that pisses me off is that you had to give her, her friend had to be brown skin. And I happen to think like there's nothing wrong with that actress. Not a thing in the world. Not a thing in the world wrong with Nathan. But it's just, it's it's an image that I've seen before where you put, not only do you have the lead woman be light skinned because apparently that's more tolerable, tolerable to, I don't know who, But anyway, they just do this really weird thing where it seems contrived because I've seen it a million times over that if there's a lead black woman, she can't be but so dark at all. And if there is a best friend, she is definitely going to be dark. It's definitely if she's going to have a black best friend, she's definitely not going to be light skinned. She's definitely also going to be dark. I have never seen I have not seen I you you have to point it out to me. I have not seen um, 
a movie, at least in the United States, I have not seen a movie or a show where the friend was, was light-skinned as well. That's just, that's not one of those things. They always mix it up where they, she has to be brown-skinned. And if, like, and again, there are certain traits, there, there's just certain qualities. But it, so that's the thing that I take offense to. It's just, I don't have a problem with the acting. I think the acting is fine. I don't even know how the actress herself identifies. Nora, the act, the, the, Andy Allo, I don't know how she identifies. That's not my problem. The thing about it is, it's just, I wish they were more imaginative. But then again, it's freaking Amazon. Amazon don't do too much. They don't veer too much. I guess they are scared that if they, if they have a substantive film, substantive uh, piece of uh, art that has too many brown or dark brown people in it, that people won't watch it. I don't really know. But anyway, so they got to have, and it's just so funny because Never mind, I won't go there. Anyway, I think I probably didn't made somebody mad already. But my point is that my only gripe is that they did that typical trope of having the light skinned love interest and then the dark skinned friend who's just funny and she's not even fully realized. That's the other thing. The dark skinned friend is never fully realized, not ever. So not only is she never light skinned too, to not make it so weird, but then she's also never fully realized, but whatever. Moving on. So outside of that, if you just look at the show for itself, even though the writing is not great, it's interesting. It's entertaining. And again, that concept, the futuristic concept, they do a lot. They spend a lot in CGI for sure. Amazon money. They got it. But um, they spend a lot of time fleshing out this the fleshing out Lakeview, talking about its flaws, going into the black market, exploring the concept of when a child dies young, when, it, when a child goes to Lakeview, what's it like to live the rest of their life being connected to the outside world and then having their best friends and family grow up around them? Like what happens to them? So it explores a lot of concepts. It also explores the concept of a woman who is essentially, what was she, an oxygenarian when she passed, when she passed away, but she was reanimated as her younger self. And now she's exploring, she's been reanimated, she's been uploaded as this 20, 30, she's like a 30 something woman in, in her, in this, in Lakeview, even though she died as an oxygenarian. So like now she's exploring her sexuality and things like that. And, and she's exploring her sexuality with um, Luke um, and all of that. And, 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 and Luke, Luke himself, again, he was legless because he had a terrible accident and he, you know, he was going through like lots of trauma and things and probably PTSD, I'm sure, from um, his life as a vet. And so there is some exploration there. Could there have been more? Absolutely. But I think the show was so focused on the digital aspect and the, and the push and pull of the, the opportunity to live in a digital world that I think they kind of I think they kind of let a few things go. I, and, and also, they, it's clear that they were writing this knowing that there was going to be a season two. Because again, the cliffhanger wasn't even a great cliffhanger. What we end up learning is that there's some foolishness afoot with his fiance's, his fiance's father. That there was supposed to be some business deal that happened that didn't end up happening. Because what we know is that... Um, Nathan is a tech person and he was designing this. Basically, Nathan was designing an afterlife that would rival Lakeview, a digital afterlife that would rival Lakeview. And it was supposed to be free. It was supposed to be free or very low cost so that the digital afterlife was not just accessible to rich people, but accessible to everyone. Um, because certainly he comes from, we learned that very quickly that he's, he comes from humble means. And so, and, and, and his mama doesn't have a whole lot of money. So there's a lot of push and pull there. And so clearly what we will find in season two is that not only was he murdered because we learned that he was murdered and we have a sense of who might've done it, but in season two, I'm quite sure we'll learn who did it. We'll also get to explore more of Ingrid, his ex-girlfriend or his his fiance that he ultimately ends up breaking up with. He breaks up with her. At least he tries to separate himself from her, but then she does something drastic. And so in season two, we'll learn more about what she did. Um, and we'll get an understanding of what that relationship will be like when it's clear that he wants to be with Nora. They have not declared their love for each other, but they certainly went 
through great lengths to be in each other's presence toward the end there. And again, she's in the real world trying to find out a bunch of different clues. She ends up essentially ends up becoming a detective, a detective and for a certain period of time she gets uh, suspended so she doesn't have access to Nathan. Um, and so Nathan tries to get in touch with her the best way he can. But she plays detective um, because, again, he, she is his customer service rep. So the ro- way that they get um, familiar with each other is he, he keeps calling her to answer his questions. And so that's how they become closer with each other. And all the while, her boss recognizes that maybe she, she's getting a little too close. So anyway, so there's that piece she at one point tells her, her father about Nathan and it's awkward because I think she ends up telling him in what episode eight or nine. And he's like, he's like, okay, I mean, he might be the one for you, but how will you make it work? This is real long distance and all of that. So they have that brief conversation. I, what I will say is that Obviously, we're going to learn more about his father, about Nora's father. Clearly, he's he's not doing well in his health. And you get the sense that he could he could die at any moment. Um, And in fact, at the end of the season, he's actually in the hospital and it could be the last. It could be one of their Nora and his one of their last opportunities to be together. But we don't get that closure because as the season ends with him still in the hospital um, and still not doing well. But the main thing that we learn is that this, this intrigue with, that's going on with Nathan, we know that we can't find Nathan's um, cousin who was also investigating what happened to him. Um, we also know that Nathan decides that he too would like to be up downloaded. He no longer wants, he no longer wants to be at Lakeview and he goes through great lengths to try to get out of Lakeview, but then also he no longer wants to be dead. So he wants to be re-uploaded, and when the um, so he's he's so I imagine in episode in season two we'll learn more about the download process. We'll also again learn more about what happened to Nathan. Um, also, I'm quite sure you know we'll have we'll learn what happened to Nora's father, what's happening to Nora's father, and ultimately what becomes of him. And then I'm quite sure that Nora won't be able to work as a customer service rep at Lakeview for long because one of the things that was happening there was that she needed to have a certain um, rating in order to, you know, get raises and things like that, just like a customer service job. And so she wasn't doing so hot at the job at at the end of the season. Um, I'm not really sure where the season began, but we definitely end the season around Christmas time. Um, And so she's not doing great. So I don't expect for her to be at Lakeview in season two. Um, but, it, but I mean, she's going to have to have some sort of access to him. So I definitely expect there to be some hacking, some tech issues and things like that happening. So anyway, um, but what we, where we leave it is that Ingrid is still in the picture because she wants to be, not because Nathan wants her to be, and that Nora and... Um, Nora and Nathan are growing closer together. And so intrigue, intrigue, intrigue. And so again, that's, it kind of ends just the way any basic romance novel ends. Again, it's not super fancy. The only thing that makes it fancy is the futuristic piece to it. But the futuristic piece is enough, in my opinion, to be entertaining, which is why you do watch the 10 episodes, even though it gets a little corny, even though it gets a little Oh my goodness. It's still good. It's still good. Even with the flaw that I, the very big flaw that I pointed out, it's still good because it's nothing against the actors themselves. It's everything to do with production. It's everything to do with the studio, like nothing against the actors. I think the acting is fine. Um, it's just not very well written. uh, It's not terribly well written. It's okay. Um, and it could be more imaginative, but nevertheless, they're dealing with a lot. Um, so it's interesting enough for you to watch. It's interest, and it's also an interesting enough concept to explore because the thing about it is I've gone back and forth my life. I have gone back and forth on what I want to happen. I've talked to my parents about end of life things um, because there's no point in beating around the bush. I want to do what they want me to do. And I want to know that everything is set up and I just know that things are in order for them. I can't have that conversation with my hubby because he doesn't like to have that conversation, but I know that things need to be in order for us. Um, I've personally thought about 
what I, what I want to happen to my body. And I want to be a tree. I don't want to be reanimated because I don't believe that it will be me. Um, I just, I just, it won't be me. It'll be a visage, visage of me. It'll be the, uh, a memory of me, but it won't be me. And so make me a tree. I want to be an oak tree. Um, and I've told my hubby this, and I think I just need to go through and sign the papers and get the things so they can just uh, cremate me and plant me as a tree. Um, and when lightning strikes me down, at least I will have done some good and I'll be firewood. Um, I will fertilize the tree and then I'll be firewood and keep somebody warm. So I'll keep circulating in the atmosphere somehow. So I'll still be around, but yeah, I don't, uh, want to be reanimated, but it's cool to think about it. It's cool to think about what some people could explore. Just like it's cool to think about what people could do living in outer space, going to the moon and stuff. That's cool to think about. I won't be on that rocket ship. I'm going to be, it's okay. Somebody else can explore that. And hopefully, you know, depending on how science works, they're already figuring out ways to elongate our life. We're already living longer. So who knows, maybe, I don't know what the future holds. It would be nice to hear about it, but I don't know that I would want to be on that ship because... Nah, leave, leave that for someone else. Anyway, but so the show is good for you to think about things, for you to have conversations about interesting topics. And again, it has interesting elements. So don't watch it expecting to be bowled over with excitement and, and just really stellar writing and stuff. But it's good acting and it's a good concept and it's entertaining. So, um, yeah, you should watch it. So, yeah. But anyway. That is it for now. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you have, if you also want to be a, a tree, leave me a message about what type of tree you would like to be planted in so that you could become. Again, mine is a mighty oak tree. I want to be an oak tree. I want to be as, I want the tree to be as old as that angel tree in South Carolina that is at this point, I think 1300 years old. I want to, I want to be like that. And it's huge. Uh, if you Google it right now, angel tree in South Carolina is huge. Anyway, um, but yeah, what kind of tree do you want to be? If you want to be planted as a tree or do you want to be buried? Like, you know, do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated and put in an urn and, and be remembered in that way? Like, what do you want to do? Or do you want to be cry- cryogenically frozen? Or do you enjoy the concept of perhaps if there was an opportunity to be uploaded, would you do it? Um, I'd love to hear from you. So yeah, just leave me a message. There's a link. If you go to the show notes, there's a link in the description and you can just boop. Drop me a line right there. It'll take you. Actually, if you click the link, it'll take you directly to my page where you can just click a button and leave me a message. And while you're there, if you want to, you can donate um, to me too. Even 99 cents will be a helpful contribution just to help me keep this little hobby going. But if that's not your thing, like I always say, just share this episode with somebody who you think might like it or any episode that I've talked about um, who might enjoy it. So yeah. Um, I've actually been reading a lot of sci-fi, including Octavia Butler's, um, Kindred. Ooh, I cannot wait until I finish it. I'm not quite there yet, but when I finish it, I want to talk about it. Octavia Butler, that woman could write. And I'm so sad I've been sleeping on her writing, but Octavia Butler can write. Anyway, so one of these days I'm going to talk about that. Maybe even next episode, I don't know. Anyway, um, but yeah, so I've got more things that are coming down the pike, but for now, just share any of my feet, my past episodes with folks, anybody, um, who might be interested in it, but anyway, oh, and ratings, if you care to leave me a favorable rating, even, uh, five stars, right? That's how you help spread the, the, the reach of this show between sharing it and leaving me ratings. That's how you help. Um, Yeah. So thank you in advance for sharing this episode or any episode that you think one of your friends might enjoy. I really appreciate that. Also, thank you for listening. You don't have to. Even if it's just background noise, thank you for having me on. You could literally have anybody on, but you have my show on. So thank you. All right. That is it for now. I hope you are having, you continue to have a great day or you begin to have a great day or an evening. Okay. Until next time. Bye-bye.